Hello and welcome to the Mantelligent Podcast. This is the show for guys and all about guys. Have you ever struggled with feeling behind the curve in basic man intelligence? Well, that is exactly what we're going to help you with. On this week's show, we will discuss the world of fishing. Whether you are an avid angler or just want to learn how to get into this fun pastime, we will have something for you. Let's get started. So welcome back. We are excited about today's show. This is going to be something that I think a lot of people have been have been interested in, or uh, you know, have some some curiosity to it. So uh, we're excited to get started. Before then, let me just um, welcome you back. This is Johnny Marvin. I'm one of the hosts here. Unfortunately, I am not joined by my my co-host. Uh, he is out buying a house today. They're closing on a house. So I will be running solo when it comes to the interviews, but we have where we where we lack in read, we make up with our guest. So today on the show we have my good buddy Chap Sturgeon. What's up, Johnny? So Chap's going to be talking about fishing, the world of fishing. Um, this is a guy that has a lot of experience, both just personally as well as competitively and professionally. Um, so talk to us, Chap, a little bit about what got you into the world of fishing. Sure. Um, first off, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Yeah. I, I love being here. Um, obviously, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, this time of year, I fish almost every week, sometimes multiple times a week. Um, I, I kind of got into fishing at a young age, fishing on ponds. Okay. Okay. So, um, but due to sports, um, that monopolized most of my time was, was being an athlete. And then, as you know, when you get older, you need to find other hobbies. Things that are easier on your knees. uh, Absolutely. And, uh, (laughs) you can ask Reed, although he's not here, we we played flag football together and I was the oldest guy on the team playing with a bunch of 20 year olds. Now I, what I remember about, uh, about hearing about your football days is that you didn't run. What you would do is scamper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the, the play would begin and, and there would be chap scampering down the yes. sideline yes that that is uh very true and uh i was made fun of a lot <laughs> but uh i embraced it sure. because i was just happy that i could still scamper yeah right? there you I go could still move a little bit own so. it yeah th- those days are over johnny so, so so when you're not scampering yes and you're out on on the water so when i'm when i'm not scampering i'm i'm fishing or hunting, but right now it's obviously fishing season. So, um, you know, I, I started at a young age fishing ponds, and then I got in, got into sports, and that monopolized most of the time. But as I got older, I found myself really wanting to get serious about fishing. Probably, you know, somewhere around when I was 27 years old, um, had a lot of friends that that was heavy into the fishing side. Um, so I bought a boat, and you know, uh, after that, I just started picking all of my friends' brains about technique and and i'm mainly a bass fisherman Mm -hmm. so um there's a lot of things that you have to know to be a bass fisherman it's not it's it's all about technique and skill Mm -hmm. so um so through the years i've i've i say i've gotten pretty good at it i'm by no means a professional but i fish a lot of tournaments i used to fish the media circuit and then um now that i have a couple of businesses i'm not fishing as many tournaments but i will fish some from time to time um 
you know, weekend tournaments and yeah. some big bass tournaments on Lake Fork. Yeah. So that that's really how I got into the sport. So talk to me about a because the fishing tournaments I've watched them on TV, which sounds like a real uh, boring mm-hmm. endeavor, but it really is interesting to see the level of skill that some of these guys have. So give it, talk to us a little bit about uh, what it's like to fish in a tournament. You know, it, it's crazy. I I can't stress enough about the ability of some of these professionals and and semi-pro guys on how good they really are um just when you think you have it figured out these guys can humble you pretty quick yeah um but but it all goes into you know the time of year that you're fishing that depends on what you're you're fishing with how you're fishing um fishing tournaments i fish tournaments with you know 12 people and i fish tournaments with 2500 people um and it's basically um it's 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 competitive because you just never know what the other people are doing yeah right um so i i enjoy it there's a lot of pressure there um but um it's it's something that keeps me competitive um it, it you have to be an early riser yeah. right you got to be you, it's pretty taxing you have you're standing on a boat from sun up till about three thirty every every time you fish a yeah. tournament um, but I enjoy it. It's fun. And it seems like, it, unlike what you probably envision of fishing, which is like crack it open, crack up open a beer and just sit there and just let it, the game yeah. come to you. Yeah. When you watch those guys, it, there is a there is a level of intensity. Oh man. About getting getting back. You know, once you catch something, there's no oh, yeah. ex- excitement. It's put it put it in the live well and get the line in the water and let's let's keep this thing going. For, for sure. It, it it's a grind and. Uh, you know, when it gets to late June, July, it's really a grind because it's 100 degrees. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're constantly trying to get five fish to weigh in, right? right? And throughout the day, if you get five fish in 30 minutes of the start of the tournament, you're constantly throughout the rest of the day grinding, trying to replace the smallest one. Yeah. Right? Because you never know if there's 2,500 people in a tournament, you never know what everybody has. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you're, you're pretty focused. You're, uh, you, you gotta be on point and figure out kind of have a game plan of what yeah. you want to do, where you want to go. If this spot's not working, what's the next spot? Yeah. If that technique's not working, what else are we going to do? Yeah. So there's a lot of thought that goes into that. So tell me, right. Cause I, I don't know much about the world of fishing who right now, do you think is the best fisherman of all time? And then broader question, mm-hmm. or who is the best fisherman right now? And then the broader question is who is the best fisherman in your opinion of all time? Oh, wow. You know, it's, it's a hard hitting question. If you would have asked me this three years ago, I would have said the best fisherman of all time is Kevin Van Dam. Okay. Um, and I still believe that. Although there are some young guys, I'm talking just out of college that are amazing hmm. and uh one guy in particular his name's jordan lee he's won the bass masters twice in a row hmm. and he's in his 20s how many people get in under the bass master how many people are are in that tournament well you you have to qualify for that so so it's it's over several days so there could be you know you know 40 guys in there and each day there's a cut you have to make yeah so, so like golf absolutely um and so and to win it twice in yeah. the age of at the age of twenty, that's twenty one. Yeah, is unbelievable. And so, the younger generation, because fishing has become a lot more popular these days from when I was a kid, um, 
they're, they're so much better <laughs> yeah. at a young age than, than I could ever have dreamed of being just because they, they live it and breathe it every day and equipment's better. Yeah. Um, social media has made it a lot easier to learn how to fish. Yeah. Um, if somebody looked at you, Johnny, and said, I want you to learn how to go to Lake Fork in Northeast Texas and fish all day with a, with a weightless wacky worm. You could go online and figure YouTube it and figure it out. Yeah. Now, you can figure out how to fish with it. No, no, you, you obviously would get better throughout the day of catching fish with it. Yeah. Um, but it would show you how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, give you some technique. Outside of just like I went out with my grandpa and he showed me how to do it. You know, sure. It's, it, there's, there's a lot. It's easier to get information. Now, who's the best fisherman of all time? I'm going to throw out a guess. Jimmy Houston. I mean, because he's he's like the one fisherman that I feel like I, I know who he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. He, he's well known due to his TV shows, yeah. right? Um, and he's great. And you had Bill Dance and those guys. But I, I am, I'm still going to say the best fisherman is Kevin Van Dam. Okay. Um, just because he grew up in the Northeast where bass fishing. Forgive me. I need to explain this. I'm talking bass fishing yeah. because that's what I do. Yeah. So, um when it comes to bass fishing, he's the best on the planet, I believe, still today. But it's that that gap is getting smaller. Yeah, that's um, because of the young guys. Um, it makes a lot of sense. But but to grow up in in the Northeast, I'm talking New York area, things like that. Bass fishing isn't like it is in Alabama, in Oklahoma, in Texas. So from somebody for somebody from that area to come into the Bassmasters Classic and be able to compete with everybody across the country is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So he, he would by far, I think, today still be the number one fish. Very interesting. Guy. Yeah. All right, so we're going to kind of jump into it. And the first thing we kind of do in the format of, of any of these shows is we want to give people kind of the baseline understanding. So some terminology, um, equipment, some of that sort of thing. So let's let's start with fishing poles. Okay. So, so what are some different types of fishing poles sure. and, and kind of what – What's it good for a beginner, and at what point do you kind of maybe transition to a different one? Sure. So, again, there's a lot of different setups that you can put together. Okay. Uh, when I say setups, a rod and a reel, okay? Um, when I go fishing, I usually have 14 to 17 different setups. Okay? Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very humble brag. But um, if I was to talk to a beginner, and I would say, here's what you need to do to get started. I would have them go and get a seven-foot, medium-heavy, carbon-light rod. You can get them at Bass Pro Shops. Okay. Okay. With a Bass Pro Shop tournament reel. Okay. okay. Um, that's perfect. So because Is that like a spinning reel? No. A uh, bait caster. Okay, bait like caster. Like an open face okay. reel. Okay. Um, although spinning reels are becoming more and more popular because they're really designed for the finesse fishing. Okay. So you're using lighter line. You're trying to keep the bait right in front of fish that you see on the bottom due to your graph, and you're trying to catch them because you're, you're just putting it right in front of them. Okay. okay? Um, but just to start, I would start with the seven, seven foot, seven foot six, medium heavy, with a Bass Pro Shop reel. And that allow you to fish pretty much anything you want to fish. Okay. Okay. That that's where I would start. So, there there's what is what's the one that has like the thumb push 
Yeah, that's the bait caster. That's the bait caster. Yes. And then what is the one that's open and you use your thumb to kind of control that, the line? That's the bait caster. So, so that's where when you throw it, you push the button, you throw it, your, your thumb is on the spool. Right. line and that keeps it from you know making it bird's a spider nest. web or yeah. nest whatever so that that is that now you you may be talking about a zepco yeah that you know. yeah that like what my kids would have sure and hey do not knock the zepco they're fantastic <laughs> i love that reel and it and anybody can throw it doesn't matter what age and yeah it, it works great so okay yeah okay so that's what that's kind of the best pole to get and then you said you have what 17 18 different poles yes. is it is it different uh you know uh, weights is it different lengths sure is that so wh why you have so many yes so if i am for example throwing and and this is something i throw a lot in the springtime because the fish are shallow and they're they're on beds if i'm throwing a weightless wacky worm okay which is really just a worm that looks like a stick Okay. Okay. Um, if I'm throwing that, I'm throwing a seven foot, six and a half foot medium with 14 pound line on it. Okay. okay. If I'm throwing a Carolina rig, which is where the weight is up here up mm. top and the bait is below it. Okay. I'm throwing a seven foot six medium heavy with you know, 17 to 20 pound line. Okay. So that's an example okay. of the different things. If I'm throwing a, a spinner bait, which is very popular in the fishing, in the bass fishing world, you know, I'm throwing 15 pound, um, big game or 15 pound Invis X line on a, on a medium or a medium heavy seven foot rod. Okay. Okay. So what you were, but, but it, going back to what's, what's the best one for a beginner, it's like seven pound line. I would it, no if I would go with a seven foot seven foot gotcha rod with a open face bait casting reel from Bass Pro Shop yeah the rod to me is the most important thing because bass fishing is a lot about feel mm -hmm. so you have to be able to feel that fish bite okay, okay? so the rod is the most important thing um, but the seven foot medium heavy is where I would start okay yes and then what size line. So it depends on what you're throwing, but if, if, if I was starting out, I would just go get 15-pound big game. You can buy it at Academy. You can buy it at Walmart. Okay. It's really, really good line, and it, you, can, you can pretty much use that for every lure you want to throw. Okay. Okay. Because a lot of people that are especially getting started, they're, they're not going to have the ability maybe or desire to go out and, and have 19 different poles Correct. that have different lines, different tensile strengths or whatever it is. Um, okay. So would you recommend, and I think you kind of answered it, combo sets, or would you rather kind of spend a little bit more on, on the pole, kind of what you said, that's the most important, and then just get some kind of run in the mill sort of uh, reel? I think that you if you're a beginner and you're just getting into the sport and you're not sure if it's something that you are really going to pick up and do a lot, a combo setup is fine. Okay. Um, because there are combination rod and reels that is the seven foot mm -hmm. medium heavy with a reel. Now, in my opinion, I don't do that now because I've been fishing for so long. I, I know exactly what I want. Yeah. Right. And so, for example, I'm, I'm going to get a G Loomis rod and then I'm going to put the reel that I want on that. 
Okay. okay. So does brand matter when it comes to? I mean, what Abu Garcia is a mm-hmm. is a big brand. Yes. Um, it does does brands matter for the average person, uh, or is it just? That's an interesting question. I used to think that it's just marketing, mm-hmm. but but I sitting here today, I disagree with that because I'm slowly transferring all of my rods over to G Loomis because I just believe in them and they I just I'm able to fish so much better with those rods because I feel everything yeah okay but but again that is coming from somebody that fishes all the time if, if somebody is a beginner they don't even know the difference yeah that's right? true um, so I think that if they really like it and they can fish with it and have confidence with it doesn't matter okay okay so if if you don't and you let's say you're buying the line separate from the from the reel, mm-hmm. it, does it make any financial sense to try and do it on your own if you're new or just take it to Bass Pro or take it to Academy and just have them set it you, up for you? You mean it once you buy the rod and the reel, would it be um, beneficial to have Bass Pro or Cabela spool the reel yep. for you with yep. the line? Um, they'll do it. Um, Sure. I mean, it, it's is very it a, easy to do. Is it easy? Does it's, it require uh, additional uh, equipment or anything like no, that? No. Um, and that's another thing that you could, you know, Google, yeah. YouTube, and and ninety percent of people will look at it and say that's that's so simple. I can do it myself. Okay. Okay. Because they they it doesn't cost a lot, but for someone that's like intimidated they're looking at it and they're trying to figure out is this is this am I going to get this home and spend the next nine hours doing this? Right ultimately wasting the line and having to come in and buy a new line right. and have you know Cabela's right. do it or something. You, you know one thing that you could do is you could go to Cabela's you could take your reel to Cabela's and you could say show me how to do this yeah they're happy to do that okay. and then you'll never have to do that again you can do it yourself unless you're like me and when you have to do 17 you're sitting there going I don't want to do 17 yeah right but uh but yeah, you, you it's, it's it's easy process okay. to do that. Perfect. Okay. All right, so now we have kind of our, our rod and reel set up. We kind of have an idea of that, and and towards the end of the show, um, or as as we go, we're going to talk about kid fishing. Sure. And you kind of we kind of touched a little bit on it with the Zepco, but let's talk about tackle. Mm-hmm. It is so overwhelming to go to any sort of fishing store, academy, or or wherever and see the walls of yes. all of the different types of lures and things like that. And and I'll be honest with you, I think that I grow more chest hair as I stand there, and I feel like more <laughs> of a man. However, it you, you start filling up with all this stuff, and you have no idea why you're buying it or even how you're going to use it. So give us kind of the starter kit of, of what somebody needs to have. Okay. I feel your pain. Yeah. I deal with it every time I go into. I'm one sure of those you places. drop so much money at you know, these places. My wife and I will go into uh, Bass Pro Shop, and I lose her on purpose, right? Yeah. But she knows what's coming. I'm She's coming back looking with a at basket canoe seats and of things that she said you bought that last month, right? <laughs> so it, it is overwhelming. I, I have so much gear that that it overwhelms me just at home looking through everything. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I told myself this year. Because I, around the end of January, I start fishing in February. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to get organized. I'm going to narrow it down to what I fish the most. I, I didn't do it. Yeah. it and, and every time I go fishing, 
I'm like, why didn't I do this? Because I've got so much stuff and trying to remember where everything is, yeah. it, just, it gets overwhelming. So if I was to start, I would probably go and get a pack of Berkeley power worms, okay, okay. To, to fish a worm. I would get some some worm hooks. I would get some worm weights, and that would be for a Texas rig, okay? okay? Um, Because that is probably one of the most fished lures in bass fishing is a Texas rig. Explain what a Texas rig is. So a Texas rig is where you have a weight that slides up and down your line. So the weight goes on first, and then you have a hook. Okay. And then the worm goes on the hook. So we're not talking about those pinch weights that you No. This is a this is a slip weight that goes up and down, okay? Okay. So what happens is when you pick that worm up off the bottom and you let it go down, that weight goes up and down, it it makes a noise. Okay. Um and then you have a hook that's tied on and the worm goes on the hook and then you 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 run the and if this was visual I could show everybody what I'm talking about, but you can Google this. Um the the hook actually goes back into the worm to where the hook is not exposed so when you fish it it doesn't get hung up. Yeah. So it's called weedless, right? Weedless. There yeah. you go. It's called weedless. And okay. that is a great way to start fishing because bass love it. And uh, I, I still use it every time I go fishing. I use that rig. Another one, put on a spinnerbait. Yeah. That's it. Is there, is there a specific type? I mean, because I feel like there's a ton of spinnerbaits. There are a ton of spinnerbaits, but a lot of them are the same, just different brand. Okay. Okay. So go get a KVD. Kevin Van Dam spinnerbait okay. um, in a white or a chartreuse, tie it on, and just throw it out there and slowly retrieve it. Okay. And and it what about work. what about spoons and those types sure. of things? So we're getting into the time of year now in late June where spoons are, are becoming a go-to. Okay? okay. Because what happens is it's getting hot, so those fish are moving from the shallow after they spawn into from from two feet of water into 17 to 20 feet of water so what you're doing is you're throwing the spoon out a big spoon with a treble hook on the bottom you're throwing it out you're letting it sink and then you're popping it just jerking it up and letting it letting it fall jerking it up and that's looking like a shad or a bait fish okay it it really works well starting this time of year Okay. okay but the weather has to be hot for that really to make sense yeah i mean that that is really the only time i throw spoons but they 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 are really really good this time of year excellent yep so we got uh got some idea on tackle what about things like and i know your expertise is in uh bass but what about things like uh bobbers and and that sort of thing i know that's not typically going to be more of a bass sort of and maybe it is i don't i don't really Mm -hmm. know but what what is your take on that so i i go to venice louisiana every august and i go red fishing every year uh, with a group of people and what we do is we use popping corks okay okay so it's a cork that when you jerk the line it kind of moves up and down the line and pops and underneath that we have our bait almost like you would throw a regular round cork out Mm -hmm. and let it sit with a minnow underneath yeah it's it's very similar to that it's very effective and and the good thing about a cork is if you're a young person getting into fishing and you just want to catch something that's money yeah because you're fishing with a live bait live lure underneath and you're watching your cork go underwater so you know there's a fish or Mm -hmm. something under there right so it's it's kind of bulletproof yep in the sense of hey 
that's exciting to a young person because they can they know when they're getting bit. That way, they have a chance of catching that yep. fish. And I feel like that is the reason why people that have fished stopped fishing is because they weren't catching anything. Yep. And fishing when you're not catching anything at any age is kind of a pain. I mean, it just it just becomes like such a beat down and you feel you know and it's always the guy in your group or gal in the group that is the least experienced that somehow the fish gods have have ordained them as as the one that's going to catch every single fish yeah yeah it's, it's and you're standing true. there you're like i know i'm the one that had to like put the worm on your hook and you're you caught six i don't understand yeah it, it it's those days happen yeah um you know, this this would be a good transition into uh, into kids. Um, the the most important thing, in my opinion, when they're young, is to get bit. You don't want them to go out every day trying to catch a fish and they just mm-hmm. zero out because they get bored. It's not fun. But my grandbaby is five years old, and I just took her fishing, and all she wanted to do was cast. Mm-hmm. But if she caught one, that's even better. So yeah. you, you take the cork, and, you know, if they get bit, it is the most important thing because they want to go back. Yeah. Um, I even remember my daughter. We took her fishing one time, and we found a bunch of sand bass. And you, I didn't even fish. I spent all day taking fish off their hook because it was one after another. Yeah. She loved it. Yeah. She was hooked. Right? So No pun intended. N- yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> Good one. Um, anyway, she, she it's very important for the kids yeah. when you take them out. And if even if it's a, a perch or a brim, they don't care. Right. They just want to have fun and go out there. I would find a pond that has brim or perch or crappie or whatever. Let them fish and get get bit. Yeah, that's the key. Yep. Because if they go and they don't, good luck trying to get them out there again. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. What about additional equipment um, like pliers, mm-hmm. a net, mm-hmm. uh, gloves? Yeah. Uh, you know. I, is is all of that stuff more gimmicky? I mean, not ply. Pliers are, is not gimmicky, but right. is all of that other stuff like, hey, you're catching three pound perch, you probably don't need a net, you know? Yeah. So is yeah. that how you'd feel about it? Yeah, I uh, I don't take a net when I'm bass fishing, because um, you just lean over and you grab them, and, and yeah. that's kind of the way it is um, in the bass world, right? Uh, but when I go to Venice. Absolutely, take a net for the redfish. Redfish, and you know you're catching trout or, or something like that, and the, the fish have teeth, so mm-hmm. you you want to make sure you use a net because you don't want to get bit. Um, yeah, but you know what? There's not a right or wrong way. If 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 you want to take a net because you want to make sure you do everything you can to cat to get that fish, take a net. Yeah, um, pliers are sen- are essential. Mm-hmm. Have to have them. I use them every time. Um, because w- what happens is if if a fish bites a lure or a hook and it's deep and you can't get it out you don't want to damage the fish mm-hmm. you have a better chance of getting the hook out with some pliers right yeah if for some reason i can't get it out with pliers i just cut my line and leave the hook in the fish because they have acid in them that will eat away that hook and they'll be fine interesting okay so don't ever rip it out yeah cut your line retie another hook but i bring pliers just for that yeah. and if you're fishing treble hooks you want to make sure you have some pliers yeah. because those sometimes get hard to get out and yeah. things like that. Um, so with different types of fish, I know like with catfish, you want to be careful, you know. Where you grab them. Where you're grabbing mm-hmm. them because they'll, they'll cut you. Mm-hmm. Is there any traditional fish that you'd be out and you'd be catching that you need to kind of have some awareness about how you're 
how you're holding them. I mean, obviously, if you catch an alligator gar, you probably just want to cut your line, yeah, right, or use a net and then get the hook out with some pliers. But but even I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be made fun of here. But if if I'm catfishing, which I don't do a whole lot of, man, I'm gonna use a glove just because I'm I'm a wuss like that and just don't want to feel like getting stuck. But and yeah. and. Can you give your personal email? Yeah, so absolutely. Can... <laughs> I'm going to get blown up on that. But, but it, not that I've not that I've not had catfish and taken them off. But I'm just not willing to go through that anymore. Because it's you know? it's their uh, what is it their dorsal fin? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what cuts you, right? Yeah, they they have fins on the side uh, on each side that you know they they're pretty they're pretty sure they'll stick in in your skin. And from what I understand, yeah. they have like a little bit of a poison or some sort yeah, of venom that can that, yeah. yeah. So if you're using catfish, maybe it'd be a good idea to have sure. a glove. Yeah. If, yeah. If you want to, if you want to hand in your man card temporarily, you, and yes. then they hand you a glove. Yes. Uh, but but with like a bass or perch or something like that, you just no. You just, I use my hands. Yep. You know because with the bass, you can you can grab their bottom lip and and yeah. pull them up. But you know there's not a lot of teeth there, so you're going to be safe. And and with a perch, same thing. You can yeah. You know they have little little mouth so you can pick them up like that or you just grab them with your hand yeah. you know it t- it takes a little you know when i was little <laughs> another uh thing i'm gonna get email on when i was little uh it was so crazy looking back i was scared to take fish off the hook i'm I, when I, little i mean you know seven 18 okay yeah, no like, seven yeah seven teen um <laughs> so i was i was uh scared to take fish off the hook yeah. And it took me a little bit to get over that, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it just takes a little time and you just got to Well, especially when you, when you go to like, you now have built up the courage to put your finger in its mouth and then it decides <laughs> that's the moment to like start shaking oh, around. Yeah. Never and, fails. Right. And then so you have to kind of rebuild back up your confidence. And, and typically you have three or four people that are celebrating this win mm-hmm. and they're just staring at you, waiting for yeah. you to grab that fish and... You can't. You, you don't want to let them hand down. It. Yeah, you right? can't hand the pole to somebody else and be like, "Can you?" Unless you're a child. But you're yeah, right. if you're uh, if you're old enough that you have other people there, yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's um, really interesting. All right, let's talk about some skills that you need, and and we are by no means going to cover all the skills that you talked about. That hey, these are each each lure, each um, tackle that you're using has its own special skills and mm-hmm. how to use it. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to necessarily go into that. Um, but what about things like uh, learning to cast? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you, what's the easiest way to learn how to cast? Sure. Great, great question. Um, let's, let's relate that to pretty much any rod and reel. Okay. Kay. What I would do is I would actually tie a weight to that line. And I would practice casting, okay? Like in your backyard? In your backyard, okay. Um, if I'm fishing a new lure and it's something I've never fished before, I will go in my backyard and I will tie it on and I will throw it in my pool. Okay. You know, and, and I'll even put little circle things in the pool and I'll try to land it in that circle. Yeah. You know, you, you get into the precision casting as you get better at fishing. But yep. in the beginning, I think you, you just put a weight on there and you practice casting yeah okay and then you'll you, and it can be any weight i mean you can go buy those like large you could rubber things but you could use pretty much any weight you can and and the heavier weight is going to be the easier to easiest to cast okay the lighter weight is going to be harder to cast okay? okay so um that's how i would start 
Um, when you go into the open face bait casting reels, I think you got to really make sure you know how to the functionality of that reel on on what makes it easier to cast versus you know how you can you can tighten things up to where it's almost bulletproof to where it's not going to backlash or have a spider web right yeah. so um you need to learn that before you practice because the first time you throw it it'll just it'll be a mess and you have to start all over and you yeah. waste all the line and all that so yeah um, and it doesn't matter how old you are that still happens it doesn't matter it, yeah. it's just part of fishing yeah um but practice is key for sure and and when you're practicing you're not even you're, you're there's a uh, you're you're trying to be very specific in where you're throwing it. So yes, and that's when you watch the guys on on TV or you with someone that's a really really good fisherman, they can it can be thirty yards out and they'll they'll put that line yes. exactly where they want it. Absolutely. So yes. that's that's what you're doing. You're trying to practice. All right, if you're 10 feet out, I'm going to try and just get it to where it's 10 feet out. Yes. Not just like, I want to see how far I can get this, yeah. no. this weight out. You're right. And, and you know, definitely in the springtime when the fish are shallow, if there's a fish sitting next to a log, and, you know, in, in my boat I have graphs that has the side imaging. So if I'm driving and there's a log right there, I can see if there's a fish on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cheating. What did the real guys do back in the day? They yeah. could, they could kill us today if they had all this. But um, <laughs> they're so much better than we are these days. We're spoiled. But you know, I want to put it right there. I want to put that lure right there. So that that is nothing more than practice and being comfortable with your setup. Right. You know, and the only way you're comfortable is to practice. So that yep. that is key. That is key. And I I still practice. Yeah. All the time, just just throw. It's good to throw. know. Yeah. What about knots? And it's going to be hard in this sort of medium mm-hmm. that we're doing to, to talk about knots. But mm-hmm. is there is there a specific type that you'd recommend somebody mm-hmm. learn? Maybe yes. Google and, and yes. learn it. Okay, I, I would. You're right. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, and I still use this one probably 70% of the time. It's called a Palomar lot, Palomar knot. Okay, you can Google that. It works great. Um, it's easy to tie. So. I would go on to Google and, and learn that knot. It would apply to most everything that you're you're going to do in the fishing world. Um, obviously, you and can it's get called re- a Palomar. Palomar. Okay. Yeah, you can, you can get really technical with some of the knots, and and I do tie some different knots, but um, they're a little more complicated, and and it's only for certain lures that I tie those on to. Okay. Um, but the Palomar overall would be where I would start. Would you use a different type of knot if you needed some sort of a stronger strength on it, or I would why, use. Yeah, why would you use? I would use knot? a different type of knot depending on how heavy my line is, okay? okay, or kind of how like I use a different knot when I fish a an umbrella rig. You know what that is? That no. is that is it's called an umbrella rig or an A rig or a Alabama rig is what's called. And basically, these are new to the fishing world from you know in the past five years or so. It's basically a lure that expands out like an umbrella and on all the way around it has lures around it. it looks like a bait fish a school of interesting bait fish. yeah so i would tie that a little different okay. because of the size of that lure but that's pretty specific yeah yeah pretty specific so uh most of the time palomar would work for 80 70 80 to 70 percent of the things cool yeah all right and then when you're tying on lure bait or you know a hook or something like that and you already answered it but you're using just that palomar knot and if you do it right do you need to wet the line yes. first? 
you want to wet the line in the end before you sink it down to the okay. sink it down to the uh, just put it in your wet, like yeah. lick it or put it in yep. your mouth yeah and just because that will help it not break okay it kind of it, only way I know how to explain it is it just kind of makes everything kind of fit together okay, okay? you don't want burnt line to where you pulled on it or something like that that just helps make everything kind of fit together so yeah. before you cinch that down just wet it just and then pull it okay okay all right so um as far as so now now you've practiced you have at least a little bit of confidence you've got your tackle you've got your your fishing pole and now you're ready to get out there and actually put some of these skills to use Mm -hmm. so let's talk about different type you know we can go to a pond most people are not going to have a eighty thousand dollar bass boat right you know so a lot of people are going to go to little little ponds maybe Mm -hmm. a stream or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, what are you looking for when you're going out there you know i i wish i had more ponds to fish um just because it's so much fun to do so um so where i'm going with that is if if people have a pond please go and and because a lake is a totally different animal yeah i mean you've got to know what you're fishing where you're fishing what kind of structure is it grass is it rock because that depends on what you're throwing okay at a pond fish are in the pond you can walk all the way around the pond you could you know it's, yeah. it's a smaller body of water so odds are you're going to run into the fish somewhere yep. right a lake is different you got to know depending on what time of year where they're going to be you know um so it's a different challenge so i would start with a pond okay. um and then once you get better for example a lot of people want to go to lake fort north in northeast texas one of the best bass lakes in the country okay i fish it all the time if you're a beginner that lake will eat you alive and you'll never want to fish again <laughs> I'm not kidding. And even today, I'm like, so don't go there if you're a beginner. I would not. And and the reason I say that is because nothing against Lake Fork. It's just I want you to enjoy your day. I'm not sure you would enjoy your day because there's so many stumps. There's so many laydowns. You'll spend all day getting unhung. Um, There's so many things under the water that you don't even see. Yeah. That it would make it a very, very big challenge for you every day you go until you kind of learn the lake and know what you're doing. Therefore, I think this transitions into guides. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So so I would suggest using guides. Um, My goodness, I I still use them. I went with one two weeks ago. He's actually a buddy of mine, but he's a guide at night on Lake Fork Mm -hmm. because we do a lot of night fishing when it gets hot. I still learn from him every day yeah and he will kind of show you and tell you what's going on on the lake and then if you're comfortable you figure out how to how to go and repeat that yeah you know um so so a lake's a different animal i just think that i want to fish lakes more because lakes more because it is more of a challenge yeah it's a bigger area less crowded sometimes when if if depending on the day you go um, gives me a little more opportunity to fish different things. Yeah. So, yeah. But a pond, if you're starting out, oh. you don't get any better than a pond. Oh, that's great. Okay. Great. And then uh, even even with that, are you looking for are you looking for trees down? Are you looking for mm-hmm. just flat, deep water, mm-hmm. uh, shallow water? How? What? Where are most of the fish going to be? Sure. So let's take for example in March. I'm beating the bank up every time I go and two feet to six feet um, because the fish are moving to the shallows to spawn so they spawn in the shallow water so march april they're moving in and they're spawning okay you know they're there 
if they're not there, they're on their way. Yeah. Right. So now I went. I went Monday night. I went fishing Monday night at Lake Athens. Um, man, they were in 14 to 17 feet of water because it's hot. Yeah. Okay. And so they were right in the middle of the edge of the grass, you know, going into the deeper water. Yeah. So it depends on what time of year you're going. Okay. Okay. In a in a pond, are you just just finding just throw it and hope for the best? I do. I mean, now if your average fisherman won't know this, but but if I see a pond and there is a point that kind of comes out into the pond, I'm fishing that point a little bit. Okay. If I see some laydowns, whether it's a tree that's fallen over or, for example, if there's a fence row that runs through the pond, I'm fishing some of that. Okay. You know, you look for the little things that make it a little different than just a circled pond. Right. Right. Um, if there's a big bankment that looks like it's going to get deep right there, I'm fishing that. Okay. Um, so it's the little things like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. All right, so um, I think that pretty much answers it. So when it's warmer, hot, let's say you're you're looking for deeper water. When it's yeah. when it's a a more moderate temperature, mm-hmm. let's say maybe uh, under eighty degrees, mm-hmm. is that is that kind of where you're you determine yeah, so, moderate? So I look at the water temperature. Okay. Okay. So if if when it becomes when the water temperature gets in the sixties, they're moving up. Okay. Okay, in the in the spring, March, April, they're moving up to spawn, but when because because in the mornings, in March it's cold. Mm-hmm. You know, you have sometimes you have thirty degree mornings. You know, so in March and April, I'm looking for the days where you're still in the fifties at night. Okay, that water temperature didn't move that much. It's going to warm up more that day, the next day. So, I'm looking for the warmest water on the lake in March and April, especially March, because that's where those big fish want to go because they're And that's going to be the shallow water. That's going to be the shallow water. Okay. Okay. Now, it's the opposite. They're wanting to go into the 17, the 14 feet of water, especially during the day. In the mornings, in the evenings, they will come shallow a little bit at night and feed. Yeah. But they're going to go back out. Is there a is, – is morning and evening kind of the better – you have a better likelihood of catching something than like right in the middle of the day. I'll always believe that mornings and evenings are the best time to fish. Although I've caught a lot of fish during the day, yeah. I just think that it's just awesome to see things wake up mm-hmm. in the morning, yeah. right, or cool down in the evening. Um, when I fished on Monday, these fish went crazy when the sun started to go down. Prior to that, it was here and there, right? Mm-hmm. I'd get a bite here and there. After that. When the sun was going down, they were going nuts. How how long were you out there for? So I started fishing around seven thirty, and uh, I stopped at twelve thirty. So you were out the morning, there, yeah. And got laid my head on the pillow Monday, well Tuesday morning at three in the morning. It was it was yeah it's rough sometimes. Yeah, but you fish. You when make you can, sacrifices. Right? Yeah, yeah, and for, uh, for the greater good of when you love it fishing. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're gonna do it. So. Yeah. So we did that, a buddy, and I took a buddy, and we did that. And from 7.30 to, you know, 12.30, I mean, we caught 25 probably. Wow. With the biggest being six pounds probably. Uh, we didn't get a really big bite that night, but my goodness, they, they, were, they were biting they were really, really good. And then at 12.30, they kind of stopped. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things. So I've done a uh, a couple of guided fishing tours, and one thing that's so great about it is two twofold. One, you're not out there to fish; you're out there to catch, and you're relying on this guy who knows the lake, who knows all this stuff to like. You don't have to guess. This guy mm-hmm. knows what he's doing, so it's not like you're like you were talking about. I'm going to wander around and see what I can find. The second thing is you can pick their brain. You yes. can ask them anything you want. Uh, if you get stuck on a line, you know, or something like that, they'll they'll give you another poll. Sure. And then they'll work on they'll work on some of the frustrations that people will sure. will have, and they'll tell you, hey, we're going to switch over to this lure. Yes. But if you just remember those types of things and ask questions as they come up, then it is it, it really is a great way to learn. It, it's I learn every time I go um, with a guide. Yeah. I uh, you know I, I just went with one. You know I, I mentioned earlier, he's a buddy, and I am now buying new hooks because some of the hooks I was I was using just I would lose fish. You know, and I won't name names of the hooks because I don't maybe, I don't know who's right. going to hear all this, but but. He turned me on to a different brand of hook and hooks. And give him a shout out. What is it? What, what hooks did he give you? The, uh, the, they're called Hibusa. Hibusa. They're fantastic. Can you get them like at Bass Pro Shop? You can get them on Tackle Warehouse. I don't know if Bass Pro Shops have it. I know you can go to Lake Fork Tackle in mm-hmm. Emory, Texas. When If you're going to Lake Fork, they have them. Okay. Um, but I ordered mine. But you just on, scared everyone from going to Lake Fork. Well, no, no. <laughs> like, don't ever is, go there. No. But if you do, there's a great tackle shop. No, don't go there because that's my lake. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, uh, no, it's 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 just I okay. I, I continue tackle to warehouse. Learn. Is tackle that a good warehouse. online? Uh, I buy a bunch of bunch yeah. of things from tackle warehouse. Kind of want to know what your maybe maybe you can call in. But you is that the kind of the type of place where you kind of need to know what what you're going in there for yeah yeah, yeah. i mean because they're going to have on the left hand side of the screen all the brands mm-hmm. you're going to kind of want to know but um you know I, I some advice i could give is it doesn't matter who you are if you're fishing and you're confident that hey i feel like i'm doing this the right way you'll catch fish yeah i mean th- there are times where you know i fish certain things i'll give you an example one of the things that i fish the most in the spring is a is a cinco okay I think everybody should have that in their tackle because if they're not biting a Cinco in the spring, they're not biting. Hands down. You can fish it with what, a What is a Cinco? It's, it's a, Let's paint, paint so a I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. I'm going to tell you exactly what I would buy if you're going in March. Yeah. I would go buy some Gary Yamamoto Cinco's. Great. The 5-inch. Okay. Now, the reason I say this, and it's been proven on my boat, although my buddies will argue with me, they will go buy a different brand of Cinco. They don't catch them. Hmm. It's crazy. There's some sort of voodoo in that. I don't know. I just think I'm confident is it, with it. Is the Cinco, is it like a worm? What it's is? a worm. It's a soft okay. plastic worm, and it's really just a stick bait. Okay. Okay? It doesn't have much shape, but you can wacky rig it. Remember that, wacky mm-hmm. rig. Because what that is, if you have a hook, you don't put that on the hook like a normal worm you go sideways and run the hook through the body and it flutters okay okay bass cannot resist it interesting not resist it in march and april i could go to a lake and catch a hundred on yeah. that if i threw that all day what about right now so it is right now uh, it's june okay right now and yes. we're so 
I don't know if it's the same between June and July, but talk about like what you're using right now. Okay. So right now I'm using a Carolina rig in deep water. I'm throwing, can we cuss on this? Cause this is what it's called. It's called a chicken shit rig. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> just, just, that was an ask forgiveness yeah, rather than permission. Okay, so, and basically what that is, is there's a weight. It's kind of in between a Carolina rig and a Texas rig. Okay. There's a weight right above the hook that is pegged where it doesn't move, and the hook is down here. Okay, on the below that, probably, probably four inches. Okay, below the weight. I'm fishing that. I'm fishing a crankbait. I'm fishing a Texas rig, Carolina rig, and um, I'll throw a big swim bait if. When it gets later, okay. okay. Also, when it gets later, and if it's cloudy, I'm throwing a frog, top okay. water. Yep. Okay. So that um, if you're going and the, I guess what determines that is what you feel like is working. Yeah, I mean, there's where you get into the maddening part of fishing is just right. when you think you have it figured out, you'll be humbled real quick, and yep. you know if if you're fishing and you end up, you know, two hours in and there's, you know six to seven rods on the front of your boat two hours in you haven't got them figured out yet right? yeah so that happens a lot yeah. um but that's that's the fun to me fun part of fishing anything that you do i mean people that I, I love golf and half the time i'm out playing golf i love it and i'm at the same time wondering why in the world did i take up this sport right because it's just there's there's and then you hit one great shot you and back. you're like hey i should join the tour i'm just i, I, I everything now points <laughs> towards golf and i imagine it's the same way with with the fishing you catch that giant one yeah take a picture for the gram yeah and i mean i i never keep them you yeah. know i obviously take pictures and 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 i never keep them but you're right it's, it's amazing because i don't know if i'm that patient of a person but for some reason i can go out there and be real patient yeah um, awesome. so it, it's therapy in a sense just like your golf game you go out there and you know you may get angry a little bit or frustrated sometimes just you know a bad hit or i'm not getting bit or and then you hit like that, that that just beautiful shot maybe even has a little bit of a draw in it so yeah and there's nothing better than figuring it out yeah yeah and and, and it's one of the things i love about fishing and, and honestly one of the reasons i was so excited about you coming on to talk about it is fishing is something that I enjoy. I'm not very good at and, and it's, but it's something that I can do for the rest of my life. Yes. And it's something, you know, I'm a dad and trying to be really intentional with what I do with my kids mm -hmm. is, is amazing. And no matter how, how much of a beginner you are, you take your kids out there and you are you are the Jimmy Houston yes. of the day, and and they're looking to you, and they just want to be with you. And so, let's let's talk a little bit about that because I think that is that that's for me a big motivator. Sure. So how do we as we as we go out with kids, how do we how do we make that fun? How, and, and you kind of touched a little bit on it, but like what how do we set that up? You know that, that's a that's a great question, and I learned something recently because. As mentioned earlier, I took my five-year-old grandbaby out for the first time on the boat mm -hmm. um, fishing. And my wife went with me as well. And she doesn't go a whole lot, but she went with us. Um, and, she, and my grandbaby was so excited to go. But my wife told me, because I wanted her to catch fish. I, we're going. She's going to catch fish. 
She didn't care about catching fish. She wanted to cast. Mm-hmm. Guess what, guys? If they want to cast, that's fun to them. Let them cast. Yeah. Right? My wife looked at me and said, hey, she didn't. Because I would want to cast for her because I wanted her to catch one. Oh, no, no, no. Karina, my wife said, hey, let her cast. That's fun to her. So for me, I think if you're taking your kids and you see something that's exciting to them and they're enjoying it, let right. them do it. Yeah. Let them do it. Don't create the narrative in that's your head right. that that this is needs to look a certain way. That's, that's right. That's great advice. And, and, and it's nature. So look around. Point out things. You know, yeah. they – she, my my grandbaby, all she wanted to do was cast. She she didn't care about catching. She she wanted to ride in the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, M- maybe your kids want to go and cast, and then they just want to walk around and look at things. I mean, do that because they'll never forget it. Right. And and growing up, my father was not into any of this. Mm-hmm. Right. But I had friends that would that would do this. So I remember that going with their, you know, family and doing this. Yeah. Um, the kids will never forget it. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, you're making it fun. Sure. Figure out what's fun for you about right. this experience and don't get hung up on they need to catch some huge one yes. or or they did catch one. And now I'm going to make a stand to be like, yes. no, you got to touch that. And, you know, you, you almost like are trying to make a man out of them mm-hmm. in, in quotes mm-hmm. and you ruin the experience. Right. Because that's. That's not fun for them, or you're kind of scarring them from wanting to continue doing. That's it. right. If if it's not fun, and you're putting too much pressure on them to do it a certain way or do something that you think they need to be doing, they won't be interested. Yeah. You know, another thing that that I think helps is I tell my grandbabies, "Hey, we're fishing, so you you can eat this," or you know, yeah. they get special things yeah. because hey. We're we're at the deer lease. What is the Pavlov's uh, theory or whatever? Where they they ring the bell. Yes. And That's there's right. food. That's right. So you're like, hey, we're throwing a line. Here's yeah. a, here's a gummy worm. Here's a worm for yeah. the hook and a worm for you. They, they Don't get me, them mixed up. They call up. me Chappie. Chappie, can I have this? I know I'm not supposed to have. Yes, we're fishing. You can have this when we fish. Yeah. That's fun for them. They'll yeah. want to go back because they get these special things. That's that, a pro you know, tip right there. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. So and as far as rods and reels for kids go. Just as little uh, Power Rangers, or I don't even think Power Rangers. Yeah, but kinda, yeah, just like the little yeah. little kid reels. Yes, we're gonna work just just oh, as fun. Oh man, when they're young, it doesn't matter. Get them one of those because they they want it mm-hmm. and they like it because it has Power Rangers or whatever Barbie yeah. or whatever. Do it, and they'll catch fish. Yeah, those things catch fish. You know, I go to Venice uh, with these guys. That I mean, there's a guy on my trip that. If he was in the bass fishing, I think he could be a professional, but he's trying to go pro on the saltwater circuit. Okay. Okay? He throws a Barbie reel just to do it sometimes to catch these big redfish. <laughs> so it, I will video <laughs> this and send this to you because we go in August. Yeah. They'll catch fish. Let the kids get it. Yeah. They'll remember it. Yeah, and I think that's good advice as well because they are kids. Yes. I mean, my wife has to remind me of this all the time. And they they like paw patrol or something oh, like yeah. that they're it, it makes them excited to take it out and mm-hmm. they get to play with it mm-hmm. if it looks like a regular rod and reel maybe it's not as exciting to True. them so True. um all right so let's talk about let's let's kind of um finish up here with uh online oh well one question i want to ask before fishing licenses yes so fishing licenses first let me say are not that expensive no so You'd recommend. I mean, it's worth it if you're if you're over the age of what seventeen. Is that when it's required? It's required if you go to a lake. Okay. Now a pond, you know, not as not as individually owned, right? So, 
Okay. You don't need it. But if it's if it's a lake, you better have one. You better and and just buy it. But what age? Do you remember? Do you know what age it is? Is it seventeen? Oh my goodness, I believe you are right. Um, I think I think that is correct. I'll have to double check that. It's yeah. been a long time since I've been seventeen. But so uh, and, and then the uh, so if you have kids, you don't need to worry about it. But if you're going to be going out and fishing. It's good to get a license. Well, yeah, and, and if you're on any public lake, you need one. Okay. When you're a certain age, right? And yeah. we'll have to, we can look on Texas Parks and Wildlife and figure out what that minimum age is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's required. You better have it. Um, the the police are on every lake. Um, yeah. So it's it's required. And those, those game wardens uh, have a ton of power. Yes, they can go anywhere they want. Yeah. Right. And and a lot of them are great. You yeah. know, and, and if you're doing what you're supposed to do, you know, it's it's necessary to have those guys on the yeah. list because there's a lot of knuckleheads, right? Yeah. Um but I've seen so much, you know, just craziness from a lack of, you know, people doing the right thing that mm-hmm. it's almost scary. Yeah. Um so these guys they the stuff that they have to put up with is unbelievable. So we need to try to abide by the rules yeah. and, and just get a license yep, just get Easy. a license all right is there any other online resources outside of just youtubing something but is there online resources that you'd recommend people check out so so one thing that you should do if you're going to go fish a lake is maybe go to the texas parks and wildlife uh website and look at the fishing report for that lake okay that's a great right idea. because if you're going to let's say our local lake lake ray hubbard they're going to tell you how all the fish that are in that lake are biting as of this week okay so right now i'm sure it's i haven't looked because i don't fish that lake a lot but I, i'm sure they're going to say the bass are deep in 15 to 20 feet of water you know throw carolina rigs texas rigs things like that it will tell you what that to is do. a great tool that yeah. that is that is key and um you know go to the fishing forum um there's a hunting forum texas fishing forum texas hunting forum go to the fishing forum ask questions most of the people on there are great people to, that will help you figure out what to do yeah um that that resource is is really valuable awesome yeah and and any other youtube I, i've spent hours countless hours looking at youtube fishing videos mm-hmm. just because it's it you get into like that that wormhole mm-hmm. no pun intended sure um so is there any other uh, the any other resources out, outside of those that, that you'd say hey this is this has helped me a lot you know youtube is is it it is fantastic because you can really get specific on, you know, how to fish certain things. Yep. Um, I mean, if you did a, a random search of best way to catch a bass, I mean, you're going to get a Texas rig set up. You're going to get yep. you know, crankbait, spinnerbait, and it'll show you how to do that. Um, you can also YouTube that particular lake, catching bass on Lake Ray Hubbard. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. There you it's go. Really specific. Right? Um, yeah. And really, with this with this show and bring people like Chap on, you're going to hear a lot of terms that we would uh, hope uh, you pause, rewind it, listen to it, and then look that up and and understand that we're just you know it's it's hard in this format to show everything someone needs to know. But at least now you're sitting down with a guy that's been fishing for a long time that does it competitively. And you're you're able to we're able to pick his brain and kind of get get some of the information. So, man, chap, this has been outstanding. Good. I've been excited about this episode uh, for a long time. Chap is a, a good buddy of ours. He is a great guy. 
Um, so I very much appreciate you coming on and and giving all this this uh, these nuggets of information. Sure. I'm I'm happy to do that. And again, you nailed it. There's no way to cover everything in the in yeah. 30 to 50 minutes. Just you know. get started. But but yeah, get started. And the only way to learn is to jump into it and and try to figure it out. But um, I I am glad to be here. And let's keep in mind too that you know the high school uh, high schools around the area they're now offering bass fishing. So parents, keep in mind yeah. that you your your kids Some can PE credit. Yes, they can fish in the bass in the bass club of their high school that w- might lead them into a scholarship in college because oh, I have man. buddies that fish for Stephen F. Austin yeah. and certain certain college, which could lead their avenue into a professional. I wish they had that when I was young. Right. Yeah. Um, it could lead them in the avenues that they didn't even know they they could do. That's so so awesome. It's great. All right, so we I want to thank our listeners for uh, sticking with us, and hopefully you got something out of this. Hopefully it was informative, and hopefully it's something that as you take next steps into this process, that this is going to be with you for years and years. It's going to impact you and your kids and, and relationships um, in a positive way. Fishing is just such, such a great uh, pastime, and it's something that uh, a lot of people that don't know how to get into it just feel a little lost and they kind of feel like if my dad didn't show me i didn't so hopefully this was uh helpful for you if it was uh go on to uh, uh apple Podcasts or anywhere where you can put a review and give us a five-star review uh share this with friends and family uh we have a lot of great content on here so thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back next time well, uh, thank you for listening to the Mantelligent Podcast. This is the show for guys and all about guys, where we will continue to give you the tools and resources to become the man you always wanted to be. This is Johnny and Reed signing off and reminding you to be Mantelligent. Intelligent.